With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, friends? Welcome back to Forward Progress, live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network and powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm producer Jason. You can catch me here every Thursday to talk in-depth player props with Hitman. And with Eric Eager, we'll be talking the Thursday night football matchup, as well as taking a look at some survivor pool picks. Two things before we get started today. One, thank you to each and every one of you watching right now. All you guys that watched last week, we did a great job, got up to 80 likes. I really appreciate that. If we can get to that again, that'd be amazing. Also, hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube and drop a review if you're on if you're listening on podcast platforms. It really helps support the show. Tells the algorithm, hey, you like us, and it will suggest us to other people who also like football. So before we get started, one more thing. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor over at Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book, offering competitive odds for over 25 years. We love to preach line shopping on this channel. And with everyday competitive odds, Pinnacle should be a part of one of your available outs. If you're looking to support the show and sign up to Pinnacle, make sure you use code HAMMER when signing up. Your trusted sports book for 25 years. Bet smart. Bet Pinnacle must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly and not available in the U.S. Guys, today I'm joined alongside Hitman. And he's not in his car today, so that's good. He got his bets in early, which is important. Um, Hitman, you were last last we saw you were in your car heading over to the Minnesota Viking game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you were wearing your Vikings jersey, heading into enemy territory. How many batteries did you get thrown at your head at the game, and, and how was the experience? This is my second year going in a row, and I don't get the chance to go to NFL games anymore. Real, if they're on Sunday, no chance. I could, but when I get the chance, it was something I like to do before I start betting full time. So if I get the chance to on like a prime time game, then I will. So I was there when they played them last year on Monday night, and it was a lot better this year. You know, it tends to help that I'm sitting pretty close up behind the Vikings bench, like first, second row, typically. So you're not getting the the harder crowd that's up sitting up higher. So that, that tends to help things, but it wasn't as bad as you think. Some FUs, some middle fingers, <laughs> but you know, it's not important. It's not important to me enough to, to argue back and, and start something over that, you know? I'm pretty sure that's how they say hello in Philadelphia as well. So I, I think they were just trying to be nice. Um, anyways, uh, let's get right into the game. And I see questions in the chat already. I'm going to bring this up first. I mean, Stephen Robinson's asking, how can the Giants possibly keep it close with this O-line injuries? And that's what I want to talk to you about today is these O-line injuries. They lost Ben Bredson last week. And Andrew Thomas was also out last week, out again this week, both two offensive linemen out for the New York Giants tonight. I mean, how concerning are these two injuries to you? And how much is this going to affect the production of this offense, especially going against one of the besties in the league? Yeah, I mean, it's concerning. You have the offensive line injuries. You have Saquon Barkley out for this game. So you're kind of trying to figure out what is the game plan from the Giants because Brian Dable has shown that he's a guy that will adapt his offense mm -hmm. based off the matchup that they have. So – 
I think that the offensive line injuries and Barkley being out, it's not a bet that I've made, but if I had to like guess on what direction I think it would help lead to, it would probably help Daniel Jones rushing yards, I think, in the 37 and a half range. I know there was a quote from Daniel Jones before that Dallas game where he was talking about looking to run a lot. And Dallas is a very similar defense to San Francisco as far as their front four is absolutely going to get after this Giants team. And there's going to be a lot of situations where Jones probably has to tuck it and run it. So I do think that if you were looking for an angle based off the offensive line injuries and without Barkley, that it would maybe be in the Daniel Jones rushing category. Yeah, and Daniel Jones right now uh, across the board, his rush attempts are around six and a half, juiced over uh, in the seven and a half, juiced under. Um, so seems like the books are expecting the same thing. You're right here. Probably a perfect storm of rushing. A lot of rushing opportunities for Daniel Jones. I mean, again, they're probably going to get a ton of pressure throughout the game, this uh, this San Fran defensive line here. And I mean, who, who's who's to know if these this Giants O-line can hold up? But Daniel Jones has juice. He has the legs. So that 37 and a half, I was looking at that. Uh, 37 and a half minus 114 to the over right now over on Pinnacle, which is the best price in market. You mentioned Saquon Barkley here. Uh, he also suffered an injury last week. And I think that's, he's, I mean, everyone's always like running backs don't matter. He might matter a little bit more, but I mean, the downgrade from him to the guy behind him, Matt Breida is significant enough for me to make it matter. Right. And Breida was the guy who kind of scooped up the carries last week. Right now, Breida's looking at 31 and a half uh, rushing, rushing total minus 125 to the over. I'm not really interested in that. I'm more so looking at Breida receptions or reception yards. I see his reception yards are at 12 and a half. There's some 10 and a halfs out there that you can still probably get, but 12 and a half is the consensus. His receptions are two and a half. He doesn't catch the ball a lot, but I mean, like we said, if Daniel Jones isn't running, could this be a perfect storm for Matt Breida receptions? Again, not something I've personally bet yet, but my lean is towards the over on Brita receiving. And the logic behind that, along with what you said, is that Matt Brita, during the preseason, he was the guy that worked solely with the starters. When Saquon Barkley was out and they did play their starters in that game against Carolina, it was Matt Brita getting the work. So I'm pretty confident that Matt Brita is going to be the guy that is the starter. Now, I think for the carries – We'll have to see on how this gets divided up. I think that some other guys might mix in for some carries. But from what I've been hearing, it seems like Matt Breida is the preferred guy on third down that this Giants team trusts the most in pass protection. And pass protection for the running backs is going to be a big thing in this game because the offensive line's out. You're going to need to make sure that Daniel Jones doesn't get killed in the pocket. So I think that Breida is the guy that's going to get the pass game opportunities, which makes this a number. I mean, it's it's low. Uh, I'll give you that. Why haven't I bet it yet? Just trying to get more information about what I expect the Giants running back committee. I mean, I think it's going to be Breida, especially on pass downs, but I'm not 100% certain in that. But, yeah, I would lean towards a Breida over in uh, potentially in the pass catching categories. Yeah, and it's funny because the other guy there, Brightwell, who seems to be like the second option for them if they're if we're deciding between two, right? Like he got carries in the first game. Uh, I forget who the Giants were playing, but in the second game, he didn't touch the ball at all, even when Saquon was hurt. Mind you, it was at the very end of the game here. So you're right, a lot up in the air there. Um, let's move on to the uh, spread of the game. It's sitting at a total of 10 and a half right now. Safe to say that they will probably be 
I mean, the, the Giants will probably be down for majority of the game. We talked about Daniel Jones rushing stats or rushing yards, but what about passing, like passing attempts or passing yards? I mean, you got to think that with a 10 and a half spread, they're going to be down like for a lot of the game. Like I just said here, are there any receivers you're looking at? Or are you looking at Daniel Jones pass attempts over anything along those lines here for the New York Giants? I, I haven't bet none of them yet. Um, a lot of times it, it obviously it gets accounted for the fact that they're such big underdogs a lot of times in the stats that the running backs are going to be running less and that the quarterbacks are going to be throwing more. But I think that, like we said earlier, if there is any more opportunity with uh, added dropbacks for this Giants offense, that maybe it comes in in the facet of Daniel Jones looking to tuck and run. Um, I know Darren Waller over has been popular with some people, but to me, you're going to be hard-pressed for me to, to bet a Darren Waller over just because I think that his hamstring injury could potentially be a ticking time bomb at this point. So you're pro unless I get 100% certainty on anything involving Waller that he's 100% healthy, and remember, he's been an injury-prone player through his career, and this is the same hamstring that gave him problems when he was with the Raiders. So – for me, it's nothing that I've played so far, overs or unders with Giants pass catchers. Fair enough. And if you're like agreeing with that injury angle coming coming from Hitman here, Darren Waller right now, 45 and a half. You can get the under for minus 105. And I mean, well, it's, it's all going to depend on how this game goes. I really cannot get a good read on it right here. But I just found it interesting how many guys were lined for receiving yards on this New York Giants offense. And it feels like, I believe it was uh, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, and Darius Slayton the only guys posted, but I mean, Wandale Robinson is back. Uh, Jalen Hyatt's probably going to mix in a bit. They, they've got a lot of pieces here at receiver. Not that they're good, but I mean, I'd be leaning towards a, a few of these uh, Giants by receiver unders just off the fact that they have so many receivers here. So enough about the Giants, though. They're, they're terrible. Let's move on to the actual good team here. Let's talk about the 49ers. Um, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's played a lot of snaps this year. He's played about I played 100% of the snaps last week, 85% of the snaps the week prior. He's 27 years old, has a lot of significant injury history. Uh, on a shortened week, do you see him playing the same amount of snaps as he's been playing the previous two weeks, or do you think he maybe gets a little rest here? Are you looking at any McCaffrey uh, player props here? I played McCaffrey under attempts. It, it opened, one book actually opened at, at 19 and a half, which was just a really bad number, and that got swallowed up quickly. Uh, 17 and a half opened normal juice. It, right now, there's some 135s, 140-ish, 145-ish on the board. If I had to say what's my strongest play at the moment, it would be on the McCaffrey under rushing attempts, uh, even at that juice. Now, again, a lot of the value has been sucked out of it. And one thing that was happening is like on Monday – a bunch of people were talking about all the quotes from Shanahan about McCaffrey needs to get less, like a lot, a lot of like prop betters, like on Twitter and everything. And like the one advice that I'll tell anyone is when you see stuff like that, just keep quiet about it, at least until the books open up a line. Because what happened is Elijah Mitchell, a guy that got zero carries last week and his line last week was 22 and a half. You would think, all right, well, he's probably going to open like 17 and a half after a zero carry game. 
and he was 22 and a half the week before, he opens 28 and a half because a lot of people just can't stop talking about, oh, Elijah Mitchell's going to get so much work before the lines open. So that's my rant, though, on that. But uh, with that said, I don't think Mitchell's playable at the current number, but I do think that McCaffrey under 17 and a half carries in that range not worth a big bet, but it's probably, in my opinion, as of now, the best bet on the board. So do you want to make that an official play here, the Christian McCaffrey under 17 and a half rush attempts? I found it best price at minus 135. Are you interested in maybe playing that a half unit for our... our uh, 135 our would be a full play. Like full the 150-ish would be a little bit... It's getting even thinner at that point, a little maybe half of a play. Fair enough. Okay, I'm going to track that here. And you remember, you can find all of our picks tracked on BetStamp. It's uh, just search Forward Progress, forward spelled F-W-D, Forward Progress HQ is the account. It's in the description. You can click on there and check out all the bets. We did uh, did a great job last week. Just a quick little uh, quick little interlude there. And uh, shout out to Hitman for being boots on the ground and grinding those uh, prop wins out for us. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's keep it going here with uh, Brock Purdy. I mean, Brock Purdy... Uh, so much has been made about this San Francisco 49ers team with them kind of building teams, diff- building their team differently than most teams do kind of going quarterback last building a great, great skill skill set around uh, skilled players around his, this quarterback. But I mean, Brock Purdy's look good to start the year. Are you looking at him for anything props wise or again, just laying off here? No, not much of an opinion. Brock Purdy passing yards overs were a popular play last week. And I think what wasn't taken into account enough is that he has to be really efficient. And the reason is is because San Francisco is actually playing pretty slow on offense, not getting off a ton of plays, using a lot of play clock. So for me, I I can't, I can't really give a, a good handicap on Purdy to be honest in any of his categories. I very likely won't end up with a bet tonight involving Brock Purdy. Fair enough. And and one of the, the last things I want to get to here is Brandon Ayuk, who has been great for this team the last couple of years, but he has a shoulder injury, suffered one last game, looks to be a game time decision tonight. Is there any, like how, how I know we talked about how you would attack this uh, when a player's injury is a game time decision. You kind of just leave your books open, wait for the, the injury news and then react to it right away. How would you go? I know you, you just mentioned to be quiet, but just give, give no, it. No, it's fine. That, that's known. That, that's a known thing. Like everybody, everybody does that. When you see breaking news, you see that Joe Burrow's out for the Bengals game right now. What are you going to do? You're going to try to bet the, the Rams, you know, and that's, that's just common sense. Exactly. So my question to you is if Brandon Ayuk is ruled out, are you looking at the Debo Samuels receiving yards right now sitting around 53, 52 and a half. And then also we can take a look at George Kittle's receiving yards, 44 and a half George Kittle receptions, the three and a half juiced over. I mean, that looks pretty good. If Brandon Ayuk's out, is there anything that you'd be looking towards that you would like where your mind goes? Like I need to instantly bet this. If Brandon Ayuk is ruled out. Yeah. My mind goes mostly towards Debo is who I'm looking at in this around 52 and a half ish is out there right now on, on the props. Um, that, that's what I think is the best play if, if you are tracking that news. So uh, if I, uh, I, I'm probably going to say it every week that there's an injury related question, but it's something, you know what? Also, I don't think that it's the worst play to make right now as well, because I think if Ayuk does get ruled in, I don't know how much this drops, to be honest. It, it, mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of positive asymmetric risk 
towards just betting the over now. And it does feel like Ayuk's like a legit 50-50 for this game. But yeah, Debo Samuel over receiving yards is what I think is the strongest 49ers pass catching bet on the board, assuming that we don't get Ayuk tonight. Fair enough. And there's a couple questions I want to get to in the chat here before I let you go. First one is from RWFan23. Thoughts on uh, a McCaffrey rushing yards over 74 and a half plus 100. If they're able to find that at a book out there, I mean, it, it looks like it's a boost. Are you taking that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could, I make McCaffrey's rush yards a little bit lower in this game than market. So am I like absolutely in love with it? No. I do think that it's probably, especially at plus 100, it's slightly plus EV. But because I think that I might like the under more, maybe it, it's definitely, it's. I mean, it's small limits, one of those boosts. But if you're smaller, better, feel free, take that boost. And maybe you even pull, you shop around and you find an 80 and a half. I know that there's a, an 82 and a half out there on McCaffrey that I bet. So you could even try to middle it. And I know it sounds crazy, like, oh, you're going to middle a $20 boost or something. But if that's your unit size or something, I'm not opposed to middling it. But if you're not going to middle it, I think that the over on that boost is slightly plus EV. Yeah, and uh, Pinnacle right now, 78 and a half. So you could actually make a small middle plus 101 to the under. So, I mean, hey. That's yeah, a, that's I mean, you're getting, yeah, you're guaranteeing – if you're guaranteeing a win or a push at worst, I mean, it might be a few pennies, but yeah, then but if you hit the middle, then you could win also. So yeah, that's not a, a bad idea. I love those little sweats when you're sweating just four yards. Like that's so much fun. Next question just to get into here from Eric. Hey man, do you ever play one way anytime TD markets or not worth, uh, is it not worth it due to the high hold within the markets? I do, but they're seldomly played on my part. It's gotta be something where, I either have a feel based off projected usage that a guy's being undervalued. Like last year, I remember there was talks about the Rams wanting to get Allen Robinson more touches mm -hmm. in the red zone. And I think there was also another situation. I think it was Mo Ali Cox. There was a lot of talk about how the Colts wanted to get him the ball more in the red zone. And that was something that I thought that my handicap could overcome the hold in that market. So they're kind of like same game parlays, in my mm -hmm. opinion. There's times to bet same game parlays, and there's times to bet one way touchdown markets. But it, it's you really got to have a strong handicap, and I, I wouldn't make a habit of it unless you felt really good about your handicap. Fair enough. And last question here from Jay Baffo: uh, What about Debo rush yards over fourteen and a half? Are you a fan of that or? Yeah, I lean over on that. It, it sucks that this is a game like I really haven't bet much of anything in this game so far. Now, I'm sure as the day materializes and there's more different odds out there and everything, mm -hmm. I'm going to be shopping prices. I'm going to have a decent amount of bets on this game. But as far as widely available, I haven't bet a ton, just the McCaffrey thing. But Debo over rush yards would be a lean over of mine because, again, with all this talk about McCaffrey – potentially not getting as much usage. Maybe you see a little bit more volume go towards Debo in the rushing category. So, and, you know, we just spoke about leaning towards Debo over receiving yards. So if we lean over his receiving yards, we lean over his rushing yards, maybe take a look at the total yards for Debo yeah. as well. 
Yeah, uh, great, great, great stuff there. Rushing and receiving overs. And then uh, last thing before we get out of here, I do it to you every week. So I'm going to do it to you again. Any props one, any props you have on an eye on for this Sunday? Or are you staying staying off for now? I haven't got, you know, I've been busy, with, but I'll, I'll give, I haven't gotten a lot of my Sunday stuff yet. I'll give everyone okay. though, rare college football hitman play. Don't, <laughs> I don't originate college football. I, I can't name one player, the one coach on these teams. But give me Central Florida plus four can shop around for a four and a half. They are playing Kansas State. Give me give me Central Florida. I think that game closes probably three. So you'll get it. some value on it. I love it. I love it. All right. And then last two things, unofficial prediction for tonight's game and first touchdown prediction. Gun to your head for both these. Go. 49ers win by double digits. That's that's a bold call, right? On ten and a half point favorite. Uh, I'll say gun the head, gun the head. 49ers cover. Giants seem to have a lot of trouble with these physical teams like Dallas and Philly. And then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go against. I'm not giving you the first touchdown score. I'm gonna put my foot down. Okay. Instead, I'm gonna give you a last touchdown score. Okay. Okay. And I'll give you Elijah Mitchell as the last touchdown score. Don't go crazy on it. The odds have been uh, moved a lot since this market opened, I believe on Tuesday. But if you're looking for a fun one, let's go Elijah Mitchell, last touchdown score. Un unofficial plays, this is gun to your head. So, I mean, I appreciate the creativity for that. Guys, thank you so much. Hitman, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for dropping those questions in the chat, everyone. Hitman, have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. All right, that was Hitman, guys. Again, thank you so much for those questions. Keep them coming in the chat. All you have to do is be subscribed and drop those questions down below. We'll get around to them. Eric Eager is coming on next. But before I bring on Eric, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to what we're doing over on the Hammer HQ tonight at 8 p.m. Rob Pizzola will be live for a watch along of tonight's Thursday night football matchup. Those watch alongs have been a ton of fun. We appreciate all you guys coming out and tuning in. Listen, if you're at home watching the game, you're not with the buddies, you might as well throw it on. It's, very, it's a lot of fun uh, to do these. So make sure you're tuned in to that. Um, last week, I was on the Thursday one. Eric Eager was supposed to come on, but he was on the field with Sumer Sports. Make sure you head over to sumersports.com. Check out what they do. Eric is the VP of Sumer Sports over there. They do a ton of great stuff. So with that, let me bring in the VP of Sumer Sports. Eric Eager. Eric, how's it going? Jason, I'm doing well, man. I uh, it's funny because I, I I come I always come in and I hear Hitman talking about an angle that uh, you know we we talked about beforehand. So <laughs> uh, it, it's always nice knowing. Uh, obviously, he's sharp, and and it's good to be on kind of a similar side as him. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get into that in just a minute here. But first, there's a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, first thing being. I mean, we have an NFC matchup tonight between the Niners and the Giants, and I want to talk to the NF talk about the NFC as a whole just for a second here before we get into the game itself. Quickly, let's give each other like a pat on the back for last week because we kind of talked about the Eagles and how their uh, Ben Johnson might struggle a bit without uh, Shane Steichen being their main play caller and how Jalen Hurts kind of looks like you said it. Jalen Hurts looks slow and he looked slow last game. So my question to you is, uh, have do you feel like the NFC is always a three horse race, right? It's the Eagles, it's the Cowboys, it's the Niners. Do you feel like the, the the Cowboys or the Niners have kind of separated themselves at all in this race? Or do you still think it's a three-horse race and I'm just still overreacting to the Eagles? Yeah, I don't know if necessarily we're overreacting as much as it's just, you know, a fairly solid, um, you know, observation. I mean, the, those two teams are a combined plus 90 in point differential, whereas the Eagles are plus 11, I want to say. And so, you know... Um, 
the Jets are a really good defense. The Cowboys kind of dispense with them. I think Pittsburgh ha- is much better than how they played against the Niners in week one, but the Niners kind of, you know, kind of kicked their ass. So I think there is a little bit of a gap. I, you know, Sirianni is dealing with two new coordinators and things like that. So um, I'm willing to sort of suspend disbelief a little bit there, but um, absolutely. I think that, you know, there is, it's not probably too soon uh, to look at that kind of thing and, um, uh, and make some inferences. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the both of us there. Cause I love that call on Jalen hurts. If you watched him play his, he looked weird when he ran, but uh, anyways, enough about last week's Thursday night game. Let's get into tonight's Thursday night game. And I think the funniest things, the funniest thing I saw when doing research for the show was talking about the, uh, the play calling of the giants, because there is a conspiracy theory going around that uh, Brian Dayball took over play callings halfway through the last game. And Mike Kafka is supposed to be their play caller. Right. Uh, and, after the game, Dayball came out and denied that he was calling plays. Uh, who do you think is calling plays number one? Does it matter, number two? And do you feel like there's a difference between the two play callers? Um, I think that there – I certainly think that there is. I think Dable is a good – I think Dable is a, a good play caller. I think Kafka doesn't have a ton of experience there, right, Where because you have – um, you, had, you had his time, of course, in Kansas City, which was much more of a supporting role for Enemy and Reed. So um, there is there's probably a difference. I also think just changing it up sometimes gets people out of their groove a little bit. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm definitely looking way too far into this. But, I mean, last week the Giants looked terrible, and then it seems like when Dayball took over, that offense started to get chugging along against Arizona. Do you think we're going to see more of that second-half offense from the Giants here in tonight's game? Or, I mean, or are they doomed either way? I think that, I mean, no, no Andrew Thomas tonight, no Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, that's going to really hurt them. Uh, Arizona's defense, I think, is really bad and really bad on purpose. So I, I just don't see it tonight. I don't really believe. I think the Giants are going to try to get out of this game less hurt than they have been before. So, um, so that that's, so I, I don't see a, a great offensive renaissance here. I, the only the only angle I could see, you know, the Giants being successful offensively here is if the Niners sort of rest players and kind of not necessarily rest players at the end necessarily, but just kind of like intermittently, you know, give Fred Warner a, a series off or something like that, which I don't see happening. But, you know, without Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal's been bad and then he's been also uh, benched at times like it, it's it, Daniel Jones needs more support than they're going to be able to give him tonight. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, that, that leads me to my next question here we talk line movement a lot uh on this thursday show and the total opened up at around 45 flicked up to 46 at pinnacle for a little bit then has moved all the way down to 43 and a half here is there what number do you need to play an over on this game because it seems like listen the niners are probably going to get there for you but it's the giants that you are worried about here uh is like is the 43 and a half the right number here you think you think it has room to go lower or how are you approaching this total here I think the Niners are probably too good um, to for for that to really happen. Um, so that that would be uh, that that'd be my only thing that I, where I wouldn't necessarily take under, especially um, you know, especially if it gets you know, any lower than where it is right now. Um, the Niners are one of those teams when you look at the graph we have one at SumerSports.com where you look at, for example, like Christian McCaffrey is kind of middle of the pack in terms of rushing success rate, but he is you know above well above average in rushing epa meaning like they can break off big plays and right now like the nfl is and i'm doing a little bit of research for this for my article tomorrow at super sports but it's like the nfl right now 
the point scoring is down, EPA per play is down substantially, but like drive success rate and play success rate are fairly stable, meaning like the teams are able to get first downs and successful plays. They're just not able to get big plays the way they have before. And, you know, as anybody who's betting over, especially in an NFL game where they're relatively fast, um, knows that you need a couple big plays, right, for an over to, to happen in the NFL. The way that I could see that happening is with interceptions and touchdowns from Daniel Jones, for them getting behind. Um, but on the Niners side of the ball, I can see a couple explosive plays kind of ruining an under that otherwise efficiency-wise would be a, a decent play. Uh, fair enough here. And I want to kind of like get a little bit more into that going off script here. But like, why do you think it is that the, this is it just more so the change in defensive philosophy here? Or why do you think like, have you come to any conclusions yet? Or am I bearing the lead on your article here? No, I think, I mean, that's exactly where I'm, I'm at right now. I think that it's, it's often, you know, we watched the Vikings last week and it was actually really stark watching it in person. The Vikings opened up in a defense that had three safeties, three corners, um, sorry, three safeties, two corners, like five linebackers and one defensive lineman. And the Eagles, you know, DeAndre Swift had 133 yards before contact. And even beyond that, like it took the big plays for the Eagles to really uh, actually score the points, right? Early on, that game was like trending under uh, before it was the big play to Addison, the big play to to, um, to uh, uh, Devontae Smith. Like those were the you know, part of the reason the game went over and the game started to, to pace up. Um, if the offenses don't hit those chunk plays, uh, these, you know, the, the, the games kind of shorten a little bit. And I think defenses are, are intending for that to happen. Now, the other part of it is that end of games, it's really hard for a defense to get off the field because they're optimized to give up, you know, four or five yards at a time. And that's not going to win you football games if you need mm-hmm. to get one stop. So it's kind of an interesting change to a lot of our assumptions in the NFL. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to read that article. When's it coming out, by the way? Tomorrow. So I, every single uh, Friday, I do a Friday thoughts piece. So last week I, I do a little bit of like what I'm monitoring and buying and selling. Last week I sold Brandon Staley and I bought say flowers uh, that felt pretty good. Um, the, the week before I, I sold uh, positionless football and I bought uh, the bills. And so at least the bills have come through after a bad week one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to decide uh, what I'm buying and selling this week, which will be interesting. I love it. Dr. Eric Eager, very successful in the NFL stock market. I love it. I love it. All right, moving on. Let's get back to the game here. Uh, I have a couple questions about Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers here. I mean, what are your thoughts on his play so far? I, the, the way that San Fran built this team, I mentioned it to Hitman. It's kind of backwards, right? Usually teams like to start with that franchise quarterback first and build out. San Fran said, no, we don't need that. Let's build our skill positions first, and then we'll find a quarterback who fits. And and Shanahan seems to have found a guy in Brock Purdy who fits his system. Uh, he, he's timing his short and intermediate routes very well, but the big plays are just a little off uh, off the mark here. Is that kind of the give and take of having Purdy as your quarterback where Shanahan would rather have a QB who can throw the ball and time the ball properly rather than an, a QB who's accurate all the time? Yeah, that's a really good question. Now they did they did when Garoppolo came in. You know, they they kind of they bumped up against the Super Bowl title. They didn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. They really did. You know, with with the Trey Lance trade, really want to get something more um, uh, more explosive. That didn't work. And you know, Brock Purdy has come in and shown them. Uh, I think a little bit of you know kind of what they're capable of mm-hmm. uh, as far as that's concerned. So it, it maybe. It happened that way, but I don't necessarily know if they intended it for that to happen. So um, that that's an interesting, I think, observation. 
I look at this team and I think of the offensive line is incredibly sturdy, tight ends, fullbacks everywhere. They kind of do it differently. One thing that I noticed in building this scheme uniqueness metric was there's a lot of there's about a quarter of a point of value in being one of the most unique schemes in all of football, and that and it's not baked into the market sometimes, and that's where the Niners and the the Rams and teams like that and the, the Dolphins can get can get an edge. Uh, it, it's a very interesting team building paradigm, and it's and it's different. I think to the point and. You know, you look at quarterback statistics right now, all the EPA per play leaders are kind of these caretaker quarterbacks that are playing for great offensive lines and not necessarily the great quarterbacks. And so it, it is funny. I think that there's there should be maybe a movement to sort of classify quarterbacks into two different buckets. I like that. And you talk about that quite a bit. I believe you talked about that last Thursday or was it two Thursdays ago? Maybe last Monday on the Hammer HQ live watch along uh, the, the bucket of uh, good quarterbacks and then quarterbacks with good offensive coordinators here uh we're gonna get into our best bets in just one second here there's a question in the chat that i wanted to specifically ask you about because i played a first touchdown uh bet today uh it was on jalen high i got it at 65 to 1 uh for first td and i mean listen jalen high it's an explosive explosive player fast rookie what are your thoughts in general of jalen high this question coming from Vinny torres oh this is this is my jam like I, if you look at kind of like the end of uh, best ball drafts. I always take big, I always take tall, fast receivers. Uh, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, um, you know, Jalen Hyatt's like the next one. I always like Will Fuller. Will Fuller's not quite as tall, but like those, those field stretcher guys are essential to offenses. And um, I think that they're important. And, and when this thing ever comes back to, you know, playing, you know, single high and stuff like that or playing man, like they're going to be huge factors in the ball game. So I like him a lot. Uh, obviously, he can get behind a defense. This is also when you look like pre, and this is a really inside baseball thing. But um, the one team last year that kind of challenged the Chiefs' wide receivers up front and had their safeties play a little shallower um, early in that game with between the Chiefs and the and the Niners, uh, Talihona Hufanga got an interception off of Mahomes, and you saw in that documentary they were like, "Oh, they're playing up." And so late in the game, Pat hit like Marquez Valdez Scantling with like a sixty-yard pass. And it was like the one time Pat connected deep last year uh, to him. And and I think that that is like the one place where like the Niners kind of dare you to do that. And because they're so good, there's not a ton of success doing it. But Hyatt's got like otherworldly speed where if Daniel Jones gives it a rip, it could actually happen. I love it. I love it. You're, you're making me tingle with that 65 to one in my pocket right now. Anyways, uh, let's move on to uh, this question. We were kind of simpatico on Hitman about. So I asked Hitman something similar here about Christian McCaffrey and his usage, right? 85% uh, snaps in week one, 100% snaps in week two, shortened week now. I mean, why Why is, is now the time where they're going to sit uh, Christian McCaffrey? And are you looking at Elijah Mitchell for your bets this week? Yeah, I, I am. I, I was on Mitchell unders at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, I was something like 525 and a half rushing yards. It felt mm -hmm. a little high. He hasn't really done much in the first two weeks. But this is one where off a short week with a guy that has a ton of injury history who you've invested a lot of money into. I think that this is one where they give Mitchell a lot of play. Now his, his rushing yardage prop in, in the, it was 25 and a half in some places. Now you really can't find it at that number. It's moved up. because I think a lot of people have the same idea. Yeah. Um, but even, even in the low thirties, I think he's worth a look just because a, the giants, you know, they gave up a lot to James Conner last week. I don't think that they're especially strong, you know, stopping the run relative to everybody else. And um, and they're going to give Mitchell the ball. And Mitchell's, again, 
this is this is the other thing about the Niners rushing offense. I just said this before. Like it, Mitchell's not going to get those thirty yards six times five. He's going to get mm-hmm. them fifteen and then another three times five. Right, and 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 that's good for you when you want overs on props or overs in any market. You want that explosive play that kind of that. You, so you're you're not sweating it out uh, from a volume standpoint. And and I think that that's where Mitchell comes in, and that's where you know you like if you're looking at Mitchell and you know. Uh, Hitman had him last touchdown. I think first touchdown is actually okay too. And and anytime touchdown for Mitchell, all those I think are the play tonight. And and it is getting steamed a little bit. Yeah. Do you want to make those official plays right now? Like if we're going to do first touchdown, you want to do maybe a tenth of a unit uh, anytime. Yeah. Let, unit. Let's do the let's do a tenth on the touchdown ones and a full on the on the on the rushing yards. Okay. So I'm gonna find. Looks like I can find the best price on market here for first TD is. Uh, 14 to one. And then anytime TD looking around looks like 290 is the best thing for anytime TD here. And then just a one quick question for you. When I'm looking at this market for rush yards, uh, there's 29 and a half juiced over and then there's 31 and a half even minus 110. Uh, the best I can find 29 and a half is like 125. Would you rather play that 125 or take the like pay for the extra, uh, sorry, reduce the juice on the extra two yards and go for that 31 and a half minus 110? Yeah, let, let's do 31 and a half. Okay, so let's do 31 and a half. It's widely available as well here. All right, perfect. So yeah, that's our. Uh, those are our best bets for today. I'm locking those in. So we're going to do a tenth of a unit on the first touchdown, tenth of a unit on any time touchdown, and then a full unit on the over 31 and a half minus 110 here. Eric, I'm running, running against, uh, running a little late here, but quickly before you go, let's talk about our survivor picks. Last year, last week we crushed. We had the Giants. We had the Niners, we had the Bills. I mean, the Giants and Niners were a bit of a sweat down towards the end, but they, they they got there. That's all we need. It's not about how you get there. It's just about getting there. So three picks remaining. We started off with four. Uh, who are you looking at this week? There's the big faves, obviously. Buffalo again, San Francisco again, and KC. Those are like the biggest, uh, probably the best teams with the, the highest spread. And then if we're looking at some big faves right now who don't have as good of future value, we can look at the Jags against Houston especially with Stingley out now as well. Uh, Seattle versus Carolina and then Baltimore versus Indy. What, how do you want to divvy up our three picks here? Yeah, so the, the hard part is the big favorites also play on some of the, um, the they play in the standalone games. So for mm-hmm. example, Kansas City and, and Dallas both play in the standalone games. Um, it, depending upon when we've used Baltimore, you also have that as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's tricky. I do, you know, the Jags do have less future value. If you look at sumersports.com, the Jags, have you know bottom half of the bottom third of the league i'm sorry remaining schedule so they might be usable again be that as it may and i know rob is 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 on this track as well like the jaguars have some real issues right offensively mm-hmm. they weren't able to to solve the chiefs last week defensively they're a little bit banged up um i think i think right now where they're catching you know where they're catching houston is a situation where i do want to at least put them in one or two uh, of the survivor pools Okay, so I I love this Washington Giants little one-two we have going here. So I'm going to slap the Jags on one of those. And then maybe let's go the New Orleans-Buffalo one. We'll put the Jags in there as well. So then for our last pick, what are you leaning towards here? You want Seattle Seattle versus Carolina, Baltimore versus Indy, or are we looking at those big teams with Buffalo, San Fran, and KC? Yeah, let's do Seattle. Um, I know that you know Darnold's probably an upgrade, and Seattle has some injuries, of course, but Seattle also is in the top half of the league and remaining schedule. I'm okay using Seattle now. 
uh, and then never using them again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So official survivor picks, unofficial official survivor picks from us, double up on the Jags and one for the Seattle Seahawks. And I know you mentioned first touchdown already, but I'm doing this at the end of every show. I have to do it. So unofficial prediction for tonight's game. That one's probably gonna be easy. And then first TD props that you like. Yeah, I think, I mean, the look ahead for this game before the season was minus six, San Francisco. So it certainly moved out there. I think that you do see somewhat of a blowout. I think that you see the Giants. Um, I think in the end of the game, if you have the over and you're you're a touchdown away, you're going to be pretty disappointed. And so even though I don't like the under necessarily, I do think that there is a situation where it sort of peters out. So I think, um, you know, kind of, you know, no real opinion on the total. If I had to, if I had to, I'd say over, but I'm not, not hugely confident there. I do think the Niners, I think the Niners roll by double digits. Um, first touchdown score, I think you have to go. And I, and I, I'm look, I was looking around here. You can get, I think 40 to one or better. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, uh is, is an old reliable there. <laughs> I love that one. I love that one. All right, Eric, I really appreciate it. Make sure you guys check out Eric, VP of Sumer Sports. You can find his work over at sumersports.com. Check out his article uh, going live tomorrow. Make sure you uh, keep an eye on his Twitter handle. He'll let you know when that's out. Eric, appreciate you so much for joining us. Jason, thanks for having me. We'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah, see ya. All right, guys. Good stuff here from Eric. Thank you guys all for sticking around for so long. We really appreciate it. Before we go, reminder, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. I want to see 80 likes before we get to game time. Show's not on the vine for very long. So I appreciate all of you guys for liking the content here. Uh, just before I sign off, I want to remind everyone tomorrow, live at 2 p.m., I'm filling in for George Silfiti. So I will be back right here in person. And I'll be alongside Matt Freeman from The Fantasy Life, John Legaza from The Athletic, and Jack Miller from Establish the Run. We're talking all things player props, TD scores, injury fallout from the past past week and all the Friday practice reports that you need to know. Make sure you, you hit that subscribe button. You guys do not want to miss this show. My favorite show to do uh, every week here. So for myself, for Eric Eager, for Hitman, this has been Forward Progress powered by Pinnacle on the Hammer Betting Network. We'll catch you guys later.